Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. So I, I think along with a lot of you at home, I feel shame. I feel embarrassment about what has happened in Afghanistan and the complete incompetency at the top from President Joe Biden to our military commanders who somehow didn't see what has unfolded in the the past few days. We have Americans that have left behind. We have billions of dollars of our taxpayer money in the hands of the Taliban via weapons, via aircrafts, via vehicles that will inevitably probably be used against United States citizens. You probably now have countries like Iran, China, North Korea, any other bad actors, terrorist groups as well, who are now beholden by what they have seen, a weak America with a president who doesn't even want to face his own nation, who has lied to United States citizens who we can no longer trust. We don't know who is actually calling the shots at the top. So it is shame, it is embarrassment, and it's disgust that we didn't have a plan to bring our Americans out of Afghanistan first and foremost. You also look at strategic blunders like closing the Bagram Air Base, which is larger and more secure than the Kabul airport, which we are using now, which only has a, a single runway, which is smaller, which we could have inevitably gotten more Americans out in a timelier basis and a much more methodical basis. We've also apparently left behind or reportedly left behind biometrics, which has allowed the Taliban to identify Afghans who have helped us, translators, etc., who are now going to door to door and killing some of those individuals. 
the Taliban controls the outside perimeter of the Kabul airport so Americans can't get in. We say we control the inside of the airport. Well, that's great, but you have to go through the Taliban to get there. So this is a mess. It is embarrassing. It has larger implications for our country and the safety of all Americans in the the coming years, the coming days. But most importantly, the Americans who we need to save and we need to get out of Afghanistan. So I turned to my friend Buck Sexton, who is a former CIA officer in the Counterterrorism Center. He has completed tours of duty as an intelligence officer in both Iraq and Afghanistan, as well as other hotspots around the globe. He has led senior intelligence briefings with former presidents like George W. Bush. He also served in the NYPD Intelligence Division, working on counterterrorism and counter-radicalization issues. He is my dear friend, and he is also co-host of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton radio show. He also has his own podcast, The Buck Sexton Show. He is incredibly bright and all-around great human being, and I am honored to have him on this week's episode of The Truth with Lisa Booth. So I am really excited about this week's guest. Not only is it timely with the shit show that we're seeing in Afghanistan, but he's also my friend and he is a former CIA officer who was uh, in Afghanistan, stationed in Afghanistan. So he is a perfect person to talk to about all the events that have recently unfolded in Afghanistan. You know, Buck, uh, first of all, thanks so much for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Great to be with you. So, Buck, I was reading this op-ed that uh, the former vice president, Mike Pence, had written in the Wall Street Journal. And essentially, he argues that when, when they left the White House, when the Trump administration left the White House, there was relative stability in Afghanistan. He argues that, uh, you know, over the past 18 months, there hadn't been a single combat casualty there, that the Afghan government and the Taliban both controlled their respective territories. And the U.S. had had its smallest presence since the war began in 2,500 troops. He blames Biden for breaking that agreement and then essentially all hell breaking loose in Afghanistan. What do you think would have gone differently if the Biden administration had upheld that agreement? Oh, there's so many things here. And and one of the big debate points, I think, Lisa, is that, you know, the Biden team and they, they the, the story keeps changing with them, which means that it's obviously more complicated to try to refute or to argue with different parts of it, because, you know, what, what they were saying five days ago or a month ago is so different from what they're saying now, not about the situation, but about what their plans were and what they were doing. And, you know, so. We're dealing with really an avalanche of, of bull crap from them all the time. But let me say a few things about about what we know um, they're going they're contending now or their contention is now rather. And, and how I think that's going to be something we continue to debate. They're essentially saying that the Taliban was poised to sweep through and take over the whole country militarily, no matter what. Unless the U.S., and this was from the Biden administration in one of his recent speeches, unless the U.S. is willing to deploy large numbers of additional troops. We had about 2,500 in country this past spring. So essentially, the U.S. was going to have to become a frontline combatant force again in Afghanistan, uh, not just providing close air support, but actually having Marines helping to secure Helmand or Kandahar, you know, which is what happened back in the day in the Obama administration. And they weren't willing to do that. That's their contention. You know, it's very tough to know what 
is really true about what they knew and when they knew it, because they're obviously desperately trying to save. I, I think they're trying to save his presidency right now at some level. But everyone that I knew, I mean, I, I was on record on, on my own uh, radio show saying uh, a year ago, the Taliban will be in control of this country. It's just a question of when. As soon as we leave, it'll, you know, you can basically set the clock. The part of this that's been such a shock is how, I mean, it just happened. It was like a light switch, which no one really anticipated that it would happen that quickly. And when I say no one, it might have been a few people. And, you know, the Trump, uh, the Trump White House saying they had set up a plan. I mean, they were, they're right about the fact there wasn't a U.S. casualty in Afghanistan for 18 months. The Taliban has not attacked U.S. forces. This is a very interesting part of, of everything that's going on that I think needs more attention. Yeah, they're going. There's reprisals against Afghans. The Taliban right now, as I'm speaking to you, if they wanted to seize hundreds, if not thousands of American hostage, they could do so. And in the short term, at least in the immediate sense, there's nothing we could do about it. They're not doing that. So they're they're using some strategic planning here, which I think should be should be kept in mind. And I think that some of that framework was actually I mean, this framework was set in place by the Trump administration. I mean, the extension of uh, Biden by four months, you know, yeah, you could say that that's a violation of the agreement. It's also a violation of the agreement with the Taliban um, to start taking provincial capitals. Right. I mean, they they clearly were planning to do this and, and were taking military action against the Afghans that they weren't supposed to. So we're we're in this place now where there's the there's these two simultaneous interlocking but but I think separate um, debates happening. One is the actual mechanics and tactics of a withdrawal from the country, and then the pulling out altogether on the timeline that we're doing it and and how we got here. Remember, in the early days, the Biden team was saying oh, this is what we inherited from Trump. I mean, that's how that's how pathetic the initial when the disaster first. I mean, you probably remember that, right? They're saying, oh, we, by, our hands were tied by Trump. Right. And now it's now it's something else. So look there. I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, do you think what the events that are unfolding now would have happened under Trump? Because part of me believes they wouldn't in the sense of. Look, you've got Trump. He took out Qasem Soleimani. I mean, this is a guy who flexed his muscle. And I think other countries feared him in a way that Biden is not, in part because we have a guy who has essentially gone into hiding uh, when and, you know we're facing an international embarrassment. I mean, the parliament has held him uh, you know, in contempt. I mean, this is an international embarrassment. And, but would the Taliban have done this, do you think, if Trump was still in office? It's a very good question. I mean, it's. I, I think the answer is... First of all, I believe the withdrawal would have been quite different insofar as they would have at least been smart enough to get the civilians evacuated out of country in advance. Uh, People, and I mean American civilians, you know, Americans first, which doesn't really seem to be a principle of the Biden administration right now. Or the media, Uh, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, they they are uninterested, it seems, in separating out. I mean, to me, I'm sorry, I am an American. There's a difference between getting out somebody who is an American citizen with an American passport and somebody who was promised some kind of visa entry program in the United States. And I'm not saying forget about those obligations or turn your back on them necessarily. I'm just saying you got to get, you know, first priority has to be getting Americans out of there. And I mean, here's an example of how I think things are different. I mean, I I believe right now there's video showing, I think it's uh, French, 
uh, it's a French convoy where you have French paramilitary, uh, French uh, paratroopers who are basically deployed and, and they go and they get in, in a convoy, they go get um, their own countrymen and they get them to the Kabul airport. Other countries, NATO allied countries have been able to do this. We're not willing to do this. It seems. And we have had the, the secretary of defense Lloyd Austin say, Oh no, we, we can't do that right now. We've got thousands and thousands of soldiers there. You know, I think that the Biden administration doesn't have the stomach for it because there has to be, what is your safety? I mean, obviously, if you're sending a convoy into Kabul as an American uh, American military detachment, your, your real safety, yeah, it's of course that, you know, going toe-to-toe with the Taliban, our guys versus their guys, are going are gonna to win in a fair fight. But, of course, it's not going to be a fair fight. You've got thousands and thousands of Taliban swarming all over the city right now. So what is your safety and security? It's under a Trump administration it would be, you know, we will drop Moabs on your camps. Like, you know, if you touch our people, I don't believe a mother of all bombs, by the way, for anybody who wonders what a Moab is. Um, I, I don't I don't think that the Taliban has the same sense that Joe Biden's willing to pull the trigger on something like that. And so that means that you're in this position where we're not even able to get our own people and we won't go get our own people and bring them to safety so all of the perception ties into so much of this right now. Um, and and I think that that's, that's where the Trump administration would have been in a better place. I, I also think it's just hard to imagine, Lisa, honestly, that anybody would, that this could be so incompetent. I mean, I, I think that Biden is a, a honestly quasi-senile. I mean, I, I think he's in the early stages of dementia and you know, I, I try not to be unkind about that because I think that it's such a, you know, such a terrible thing when, and I've had family, you know, much, much older family members have passed away, have gone through it. So I, I don't like making jokes about his dementia or anything. I think it's a serious thing. But I'm horrified that the Democrat Party and the media apparatus has foisted this guy. I and mean, this is just, it's reckless beyond words. It's crazy. You're nicer than me because I do think at this point we can we can point to that and we can criticize him because he knew that he was not mentally cognitive enough to do the job. Surely Jill Biden knew that he wasn't mentally. The media, everyone knew it. Everyone saw it during the campaign. The media helped shield that from the public. So I do think at this point it's worthy of criticizing because we have Americans left behind in Afghanistan. And as you pointed out, other countries are going and saving their Americans. They're using their special forces to save Americans. So what is going to happen to the Americans that are left behind in Afghanistan? I, I wish I wish I could tell you, but I, I can tell you a few things in back channel. There are people I talk to who are uh, former special operations and and are involved in in their own way with kind of government and quasi government contacts to try to help get families out. And I just actually received before I talked to you, a sit rep, a situational report on, on the, with, with some pretty detailed descriptions and, and even some, um, some maps of what they're, of what people are facing right now at Kabul airport to get, to get, uh, to get in. I mean, let's be, let's be quite clear. The, the Taliban is we're, we're being told it's all chaos. And what this report that I, I've seen and, and what the reporting that I'm getting from people who are in contact people on the ground. And just one thing before I, I get into what it says, at least it's important. Everyone understands that the Taliban doesn't have the technological capability to shut off or monitor communications in a meaningful way. They, they don't have that. Right. So we're in a situation where we can at least see video. People can make phone calls like that's all still happening right now. 
Whereas if this were, you know, Iran, obviously if this were Russia, China, a lot of other places, they'd be able to just shut off comms. And so we'd be in the dark. So we're not in the dark. We actually have a pretty, we have pretty good under the circumstances visibility. I mean, obviously there's even uh, some reporters that are still running around doing live, live hits, but we have pretty good visibility on what's going on. So what I'm hearing from people that have that kind of connectivity is it's that there almost seems to be uh, a, an ad hoc, like some Taliban checkpoints will let Americans through and others won't. Most Americans aren't getting through. So I don't know if it's, there are some who are, I don't know if they're able to maybe just talk their way through it. If there's some kind of a bribe, some of them have been able to put for, I, I don't know what the difference has been yet. I'm curious to get that answer from my contacts. It's one thing I want to follow up on, but I do know this. If the Taliban said all Americans, anyone with an American passport gets through, we could have every single American at Kabul airport tomorrow. They're clearly not saying that, right? I mean, there's clearly not a directive to let this all just uh, let this be taken care of on the American side, which then just brings up what we have here is a kind of, uh, a, a kind of hostage crisis where they're not really, uh, you know, they're, they're not saying they're taking hostages, but there are Americans now who can't leave, who are in the hands of the Taliban effectively and have nowhere to go. So we got to start thinking about it in those terms. And we got to start thinking about it as they're using this as leverage for sure. I mean, we're using this as uh, they're using this as a, an opportunity to either just, further humiliate the U.S., which, of course, is part of it. I mean, that's baked into it. But also, they may want concessions here. You know, we're talking about airstrikes uh, against U.S. Uh, military equipment and, and, and things that we've left behind. But the Taliban may be saying, hey, like, you guys have to promise. You know, I'm obviously not involved. I don't have classified access anymore. I don't know what kind of negotiations are going on. But the Taliban may be saying, you know, you guys fire one missile at a, even if it's an empty Humvee in some parking lot somewhere, like we're we're going to start seizing Americans. They have tremendous leverage right now, is my point, and it's intentional. So that's the situation. Where, this isn't just chaos. It's not just congestion. As Ned Price, who by the way I know from way back in the day, oddly enough, but anyway, <laughs> Ned Price is staying over for the State Department. Well, and it's almost embarrassing. I mean, because you go through some of the strategic blunders, right? And you know, I'm, I don't even have a background in this, but like you can think about even just closing the Bagram Air Base, which is obviously larger, more secure than the Kabul Airport, which is a civilian airport has a single runway. We would be able to get more Americans out under that scenario. So, I mean, even things like that, as sort of an outside observer. I mean, how, how do we get something like that so wrong? It, it honestly defies belief. I mean, it, it's rare that I'm in a place where I can't really even explain how something that a Democrat administration does is so stupid and so inept. Usually I can point to an ideological, some kind of ideological weak point where, you know, for like shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline, not to go on some digression, but they've really convinced themselves that you know, there's, a, there's a, a portion of the Democrat base that stays up at night terrified about the end of the world because of climate change. They don't want to have kids because they think there's putting a, a greater CO2 burden. And so the Democrats and, and some of them have a lot of money, by the way, the environmentalist uh, you know, interests. And so the Democrats will pander to basically a, an anxiety disorder, which is what climate change catastrophism is. So, but like that, you can you can point to why because otherwise the oil still coming out of the it makes no sense, right? It's stupid, but there's an ideological reason for it. Is what I'm trying to say. With this, yeah, they wanted to end the war, 
But to your point, you say you don't have a background. But yeah, you're a smart person who pays attention and understands what's going on. And that's all you would need to be to not do what they've done. So it's honestly so stupid and so in, it's so inept. Uh, I mean, it's just basic things like why, why give up Bagram Everest? You brought that up. Bagram, just so everyone understands, uh, was listening, is far more defensible far better a uh, an airfield in terms of being able to secure a broad perimeter and and the terrain around it it's 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 a sort of uh, not impossible to overrun but with u.s military they're like afghans are not overrunning bagram like it's not happening so in afghan uh, taliban so we instead were kabul kabul has dense uh, housing and and you know settlement around it it's obviously right near the i mean i've, I've been to that airport i know uh, it, it's right near the city and far, you know, it's a smaller airfield, less defensible. So these are things that you just look at and say, what are they doing? And, and I think Lisa, that there was just, there was a bit of hubris maybe in this. They figured we're this, they really believe their own, their own nonsense about how they're the smart team and Biden's the old foreign policy hand. Because what I'm basically telling you is it's so incompetent that I can't, un- I actually can't understand how they could be this stupid, which I, I, I by the way, I wouldn't say that about the border because I know the ideological reasons for the open border. I wouldn't say that about crime because I know why they're pandering to BLM, like all the other things. This is so dumb that I have a hard time understanding how they could be so dumb. That's where I am. More on Afghanistan with Buck Sexton after the commercial break. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Lisa. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I think what's terrifying about what happens next in all of this is, first and foremost, saving the Americans that are there. I'm with you. Obviously, I worry about the plight of the Afghan people, particularly the ones who helped us. But I care first and foremost about getting Americans out of Afghanistan. But now we've left the Taliban with billions of dollars worth of U.S. weapons, 600,000 weapons, 75,000 vehicles, 200 aircrafts, which inevitably will probably be used against the United States in some capacity. But even more than that, What does this mean if you're Iran, if you're China, if you're North Korea, if you're any terrorist cell, you're looking at what is happening right now and saying America is weak. How do I take advantage of this? Am I right? Oh, I mean, the rest of the world, I made a joke. And like, what does that mean? I mean, I made a joke on Twitter that, you know, forget about what will the U.S. defend Taiwan right now. China's probably thinking, will the U.S. defend Manhattan under this current administration? I mean, it just feels like... I think I retweeted that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, well, you have good taste in tweets. But this is where we are. I and mean, people look at this and they say, wow, this, this, this regime of, of Biden and the handlers around him is, is just inept in a, in a way that you'd have to think you could get away with, with, uh, with exploiting it. I mean, the Russians, the Chinese, they're, I mean, China in particular, I think, knows that Biden is a Biden's a you know a, not even a paper tiger he's just a buffoon and so they're going to be able to push him around in a whole bunch of different ways which is which is inevitable and the uh, irony of all this of course is none of this should be unexpected insofar as the Obama administration for all of its flaws I and mean, of course Joe Biden for everybody just quick review he was the foreign policy brains they told us of the Obama administration which was like laughable but for eight years. Uh, for eight years, Biden and, and Obama had so many different things that you could point to and say, well, I think that was handled horribly or, you know, I could disagree with. A lot of it would be, you know, ideological left-right stuff. Foreign policy was an area of the Obama administration that was essentially, for an honest person, indefensible, right? Whether it's the rise of ISIS or the catastrophe in the collapse of Libya and the rise of ISIS there and the slave markets on the shores, the northern shores of Libya. I mean, all the things that happened everywhere around, you know, the collapse in Iraq, uh, deterioration in relations with a whole bunch of countries all over the world. All the stuff that happened in the Obama years on foreign policy were a disaster and really hard for anybody. And there was that famous moment, I think it was even Jen Psaki at the White House or at the State, at the State Department, who when asked about any of Hillary Clinton's accomplishments as Secretary of State under Obama, there was like this funny silence because there were none. Um, that's that's what we had as the precursor to this. So, I mean, of course, in a sense, Joe Biden, the decisions they make, these people don't really understand the way the world functions. They, they can't process good guys, bad guys, 
you know, the way things are, they always have this uh, faculty lounge approach to the way things should be in the UN and let's have a symposium. And that results in very bad outcomes, especially when you're dealing with people who are running around barefoot, chopping off people's heads and dressing women like beekeepers because they think that that's what their holy book tells them to do. And that's what the Taliban does. So we, we got we got some big problems here with this. I mean, I don't know how they're going to you know exploit the Biden weakness on this, but they're going to. Well, and, and the irony is that Biden was supposed to bring us a return of normalcy, respect in the world. When in, when in reality, I think President Trump was one of the greatest foreign policy presidents we've had in quite some time. I mean, you look at even the Middle East. I mean, he was actually brokering peace in the Middle East. Uh, and now we have chaos in the Middle East under Biden. But what's hilarious about it is you have the, you, the UK parliament just held uh, Biden in contempt. Apparently, Boris Johnson couldn't get a phone call back from Joe Biden, which also raises questions about his health, what is really happening behind the scenes and all of this. So, you know, our allies were supposed to respect us under Biden. And now we're in an embarrassment where I think most Americans right now feel shame about what has happened and embarrassed by what has happened. But I want to ask you as a as a, an intel guy. So we've got General Milley saying that, you know, nothing I or anyone else saw indicated the collapse of the Afghan ar- uh, army and the government in 11 days. You're saying that you previously called essentially this going down. We've had reports that, you know, the intel community is saying otherwise contradicting Millery, Milley, as well as cables from the U.S. Embassy contradicting Milley. So who's right? Which one's right? Is it was this unseen, unfathomable, unfathomable or did everyone know it was going to happen and we still move forward anyways? Well, because I obviously have tremendous respect for the Lisa Booth audience because they're smart enough to listen to Lisa Booth. I will tell them that I did <sighs> Thank not you. think I did not think it would collapse. Like I didn't predict that this was going to happen, meaning that it would happen in a matter of di- that they would take Kabul in days without a fight. I mean, that that I but what I've always said and I've said it now for I was in Afghanistan a decade ago and just understanding the dynamics and the shadow governance of the Taliban the Pakistani sanctuary, which people don't talk about, we were never going to defeat the Taliban in a meaningful way as long as defeat just, you know, defeat on the battlefield meant run for cover in Pakistan, recruit more, equip them more, train more, uh, you know, and come back and, and fight another day, which has been the reality of this conflict for 20 years. They have had a safe haven with, you know, with where people speak, you know, the, the, you have to think, though, the border between Afghanistan and Pakistan, for all intents and purposes, doesn't really exist in a meaningful way, certainly not for the Taliban. These are Pashtun areas. They're Pashtun on, on both sides of the border. And there's tremendous uh, assistance from the ISI, especially now. People forget. I mean, ever since we killed bin Laden, we realized, wow, Pakistani government, you guys really are playing a double game with us and can't trust you at all, which we should have known all along. But the ISI is the Pakistani Inner Services Intelligence Agency, their version of the CIA. And they're not only are they do they help Taliban. I mean, it's there are Taliban sympathizers and effectively you know, enablers at very high levels within that organization. So uh, it, it's you can imagine that's a pretty big problem. So we were never going to really defeat them. Um, and, and so that was something that and now I just realized I got what was the question? Because I got off on my Pakistani sanctuary rant. But anyway, the whole thing is, is a mess, Lisa. We can say that the whole, the whole situation's a mess. Oh, the, the timeline. Sorry. Um, I, I thought that they would. Uh, and I, this I said on the record on my show, and I think I even tweeted about it. 
in June, I said the Taliban will be running this country by uh, by December. So I overshot it by a few months. But I was like, this year it's going down. That was pretty much where I was because there was no way that the uh, Afghans, without U.S. air cover and support, were going to fight to the, the level they would need to to defeat the Taliban. So that's where it's at. Hold tight for more insight from Buck Sexton on Afghanistan. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. How much do you think the Pakistanis were involved in sort of the planning and sort of the strategy and overtaking Afghanistan? I mean, I would not be surprised if everything that we have seen play out, the entire Taliban blitzkrieg right now, was it was not even planned on Afghan soil at some level, but in 
places like the NWFP, the Northwest Frontier Province, or um, or in you know Waziristan and uh, some of these border areas along the AFPAC border, um, maybe you know ISI guys in a safe house sitting down with some senior Taliban members, or maybe even in a in a city in Pakistan. Quite honestly, because I think the relationship is probably that uh, strong these days. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were very involved in helping walk them through all of this and, and providing real logistical and intelligence support as well. The Haqqani's basically the Haqqani network based out of Pakistan is, is, is at the very top level, the very top echelon of leadership of the, of the Taliban and their ties to uh, Pakistani, um, you know, intelligence elements are longstanding and the whole thing is, it's an absolute mess. So why don't we yeah. take action against them? Uh, it's a country with 180 million people and nuclear weapons pointing at India as well as wherever else. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's going to that, that's a real messy situation. Uh, remember we used to run, obviously look at the bin Laden raid, right? We, we, we would go after, um, we would run raids or, or, uh, or drone strikes in, on Pakistani soil. So we've, we've been dealing with that problem for quite a while, but you know, it's, it's not, there are elements of the Pakistani government that don't, obviously don't like the Taliban or don't want to help them and are, are more willing to be international community players. But once you get up closer to the border and you're talking about actual Pakistani ISI, you know, you've got bad stuff, bad stuff going on guys who are uh, helping the worst elements uh, in every way they can in Afghanistan. And I know you've got to get going because you've got to prepare for your own show, the Clay Sexton or the Clay Travis and Buck Clay Sexton. Sexton. I basically well, just gave you, really I, g- there, I yeah. gave, I gave you guys a celebrity name, uh, but a, I, which is like doing, <laughs> which, which is going so well. And I, I'm so happy for you. You're, you know, you're crushing it and so successful with this right now. So I'm so happy for you, but I, I just want to get one last question. And, and then, um, you know, I know you got to get going with all that, but you know, so originally we went into Afghanistan. Uh, it was supposed to be, you know, more sort of strategic airstrikes uh, against Al Qaeda with their training camps and military insta- uh, installations of the Taliban regime, uh, you know, supposed to not be this 20 year war, this 20 year effort. And then it turned to wanting to leave behind, you know, some sort of stabilized government into nation building. Is Afghanistan capable of stability? I mean, it's been 20 years. No. I mean, the Taliban will make it stable, but it'll be a totalitarian hellhole. But I mean, it'll be if stability means a government that is in charge and endures and uh, and, you know, is, is going to be calling the shots. Yeah. I mean, that the Taliban will will have their version of stability. But no, a a democracy that had a Taliban insurgency on its uh, on its edge and and in the background all the time um, was never was never going to be a, a durable situation. And. Um, I knew that 10 years ago when I was in Afghanistan with the agency. I think it's very clear to people uh, now that that's the case. And and it should have been clear all along. And I I think that's sort of the disheartening thing about all of this is that we, you know, set up for a mission that we knew was impossible to achieve. But, um, Buck, I thank you so much for taking the time. This is really interesting, super helpful, and hopefully kind of clarifies things for the audience at home so i want to thank you my friend and congrats on all your success i'm so happy for you can i give a quick plug to your 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 wonderful and beloved audience to check out i do a 30 minute quick rundown on the buck sexton show in the morning before the big radio show i do 
So uh, give that, a, and it's every day, guys. So give that a check out, the Buck Sexton Show podcast. I get into a lot of national security stuff there, wherever you listen to podcasts. And Lisa, my buddy, thanks so much. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Talk soon. I want to thank my dear friend, Buck Sexton, for joining this week's episode and providing us some really great insight into what has happened in Afghanistan. Uh, He's so smart, and I just really appreciate him joining the show. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Lisa Marie Booth. Other places you can get the podcast, Spotify, Our Heart Radio as well. And I want to thank our team, producer John Cassio, writer Aaron Kliegman, researcher Isabel McMahon, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 network. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.